This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Broadcasting live on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and in the evenings on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. It is the Matt McNeil Show for your Wednesday. Matt and Brett is finally returned. Do you know how many nights I had to rock Patrick asleep in tears? My <laughs> God, man, what did you do to him? Uh, <laughs> sorry, Patrick, I was just joking. Uh, welcome back. How was the vacation? Oh, very good. Enjoyed it out there. I was out in the Palm Springs area, uh, rented a bike for a week out there and uh, hit the trails and had a good time out there. Was it was it raining like it, the California's been getting or has it been bad out it there? It started to yesterday. Just as I was leaving, there were some sprinkles coming into the area, but being in the desert, they pretty much get most of that shielded from them. So it was not much for uh, any rain whatsoever there. Right. Well, that's not – if you're going to take a vacation, that's how you want to go with it. So, well, that's good stuff there. Uh, glad to have you back. Uh, we got Stein coming up here this hour, and then uh, we've got more listener appreciation stuff uh, for the uh, 4 o'clock hour locally here, including tickets to Randy Rainbow and a gift certificate to Mavericks in town here. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Brett, you do cover, you kind of on the side do a lot of stuff with like high school sports and stuff like that. And question I want to have for you, because in Minnesota here, they got the lawmakers are starting to kick around the idea of penalizing people who are a little out of control. A bill to stop unruly fans at youth sporting events by fining them $1,000. That's, that's going to leave a mark. The bill would impose a fine on individuals who are disruptive or physically interfere with an activity organizer, referee, player, or coach during a youth athletic activity. The fine will be imposed by the Minnesota Amateur Sports Commission. The legislation would establish the special revenue fund where the money collected would be used towards the development of youth officiating programs or grants to develop these programs and help address the referee shortage in the state, which is a a big problem, at least here and I think in other places as well. Uh, Should we start fining unruly parents? Uh, Yeah. I can definitely see the argument for that being that uh, when I'm out broadcasting games, over the years I've seen so many games be broadcast on weirder and weirder days. Pretty much it used to be hockey was Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays. Now that's a lot of days of the week, and that's simply because they're so short of officials that they have to spread out when games are scheduled, and that's only going to get worse. And I can't imagine unruly fans are helping recruit new officials, so... This might not be the worst idea in the world. Well, I don't. I don't know if getting new officials is. <laughs> I think it's trying to get the the, the bad bad element out in under control. Well, yeah, it's tough to get officials though. Yeah, if you're getting yelled at all the time by parents. Yeah. Here's uh, one thing I'll share. I my daughter was very good at softball, and she was, and she played only for a few years when she was young. And we were at a tournament, and this coach comes over the coach from the other team because my daughter was really really good and she just you know she got tired of the the she did not like the fact that the parents were out of control and were yelling and she just didn't like that and she just did, you know that she kind of fell out of that and but she was really really good and i think on this one tournament she went like 18 for 20 with like 12 rbis <laughs> it just was nuts wait 18 for 20 <laughs> seriously she not just, 18 outs out of 20 wow, no no 18 <laughs> 18 hits out of 20 
She was she was really good. So it, we were in the final game, and I'm sitting there, and I'm not saying anything. And you know, I have plenty of witnesses. And this coach comes up and goes, "What did you say to me?" I'm sorry, I, I didn't say anything. What did you say to me? Okay, you need to go and take your kid with you. And it was the coach threw a fit, and it it only took literally every parent that was sitting next to me saying he never said anything for the referees to basically go to the coach and say you trying to get rid of the best player on the team by basically implying the other parent did something is you know they almost threw him out i would i would say yeah that that is is a pretty substantial problem is that this is something that is yeah it it's got to be fixed to a point i don't know i mean it's sad that we have to get to the point of legislating it but yeah i guess there's where we're at as a society. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Of course, with Stein today, I'm going to talk about the phenomenal, absolutely annihilation of the Republicans' entire argument against Hunter Biden. Because once again, this is it, – it, to I have followed politics for over three decades. I have reported on and talked about politics on radio for over three decades. I have followed congressional investigation after congressional investigation. I have never, and I understand this congressional investigation was on thin, you know, on, on, on you know, thin legs as it was. But I have never seen a congressional investigation implode so bad because if you hadn't been paying attention, um, the primary. The evidence, the, the the evidence that they've been using against Hunter Biden that they insist is the the you know the, the Rosetta Stone of of evidence is this FBI informant, which they have insisted over and over and over again was is the real deal, Alexander Smirnov, and not only did the 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 Justice Department just file a lawsuit against him for lying about Hunter Biden under oath, uh, which you know were easily disproven lies. He admitted that he'd gotten a lot of this from the Russians themselves, that Russian special intelligence had contacted him and told him what to say and how to say it and all these things. Now, this FBI informant, Smirnov, Smirnoff, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, this informant, it was, as you watched this whole thing unfold with Hunter Biden, they have been calling in witness after witness after witness. And for the most part, and I'll get to one witness here in a second. I'll talk about him in a second. But the, most of the witnesses that he's talked to, they have talked to are these these co-workers and friends today they talk to joe biden's brother and they're basically trying to find some way that they can establish that joe biden was running the crime family and every time they're like no i here is here's the receipts no one here there is no evidence of this this you know he was never involved and every single time they've had egg on their face trying to make fetch happen they have run back to this, but we've got this FBI informant who basically has said, and he's a trusted, one of the most trusted FBI informants now. 
They are so damaged by the, They're frantically trying to re- re- get rid of everything. I mean, The Daily Show put out a video clip of them all basically talking about how reliable this source is. They all were banked on this guy. And <laughs> they are now scrubbing everything this guy said trying to off this, which leads nothing. I mean, basically leads a blank piece of paper. It should be also noted there was another guy that – the 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 campaign was banking on uh for anyone who paid attention to Mr. Trump's sh- uh, shambolic efforts to smear Biden during the 2020 bid Mr. Bubalinski Tony Bubalinski should be a familiar name just hours before Mr. Trump and Biden met for their final general election debate reporters covering the debate were summoned by the president's campaign to a hotel conference room there they were introduced to Mr. Bubalinski who proceeded to show them several non-functional mobile phones and claimed that Mr. Biden had been a co-stockholder in a failed business venture his son had explored with a Chinese energy conglomerate. But when Mr. Bublinski appeared before Comer and Jordan last week, he was unable to produce any evidence backing up his claims. He even tried to deny he had any links to the Trump campaign during this session, which Oversight Committee ranking member Jamie Raskin slammed as chaotic to the point of burlesque. Though Mr. Boblinski eventually admitted he had indeed attended the 2020 debate as a guest of Trump, his appearance before the House panel presented yet another link between him and Mr. Trump's campaign. His lawyer, the former naval officer who represented uh, during his House interview was Stefan Pasantino, a Republican elections loaner and lawyer and former Trump White House attorney who achieved a measure of notoriety. He was the guy that pushed uh, Cassidy Hutchinson to conceal testimony during the House investigation into January 6th. It was that guy. This guy is Bubulinski's lawyer at this hearing last week. According to the transcript, one of Mr. Mrs. Hutchinson's interviews with the House Six Select Committee, she told the panel that she'd obtained a new counsel that Mr. Passantino had advised her, less you remember, the better. And according to the FBI memorandum in 2020 interview with Mr. Bobolinsky by FBI agents, Mr. Passantino represented the formal Navy officer as he was working for the Trump campaign as an attorney. Now, Passantino is still on Trump campaign roll as the former president continues its efforts to return the White House. So he's still on the payroll for the Trump campaign, and he's the lawyer representing Bobolinsky, who he says, I have no, no relation to Trump. So you have the one star witness who's imploded, who is clearly connected to Trump. You have the other star witness who's now being charged with, with federal, lying, lying to the federal government about Hunter Biden and is admitting that he had been a pawn of the Russian government. Yeah, this ain't going well for him. And today they had Hunter Biden or uh, Joe Biden's brother testifying. And it's it was basically once again, there is no there there. It's been hilarious today to watch Comer and Jordan try to hold this together. I mean, it's like like a man trying to hold sand in his hands and it keeps falling through the cracks. There's just people keep saying, "Oh well, what do you have?" And so, well, we still have lots of things. And they're saying, "But all of that's now been proven not true." And they basically run away. The so this whole thing 
you know, Bubalinski and Smirnoff, they're a joke. And by the way, we actually have to ask the question, when exactly did Jordan and Comer, and they could actually be in legal trouble, and I'm going to talk to Stein about this, they could themselves and Chuck Grassley, the senator, could be in trouble because this guy was investigated back under the Barr administration, when Barr was the, the attorney general. And it was clear that the main point of that was to protect Rudy Giuliani at that point. Remember, he had his Les Parnev and, and the other guy. Those guys were the connection to this guy. And they all like, no, we're not standing by anything this guy said. And so it was there. It was clear the lies that Smirnoff was telling were so easily debunked. It's almost impossible that that first investigation didn't know he was lying. So if it was already established that he had been lying, and Chuck Schumer knew that, and Comer knew that, and Jordan knew that, every time they came on out and said, oh, this guy is, is the, this is our star witness, well, it, it, it kind of does a little tarnish there, doesn't it? So we'll talk more about that with Stein when we do uh, come back in a little bit. Uh, another topic, though, in just a second here. I want to talk to the, the fake people that are screaming outrage at Biden. It's the Matt McNeil Show. The Matt McNeil Show here on your Wednesday. Once again, Stein here about you know, about 15 minutes. I made a little less than that. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. So if you are like me, you have all of a sudden started seeing um, multiple people make comments about Joe Biden's lost me. Joe Biden lost me. You know, these, these these people who I am consisting, I am pretty sure are exactly the same people who in 2016 were running around. They robbed Bernie. I'm never voting for Hillary. That's saying that those those fake people that that were out there that convinced people to stay back home. And one of the problems that the Republicans have is that the. Uh, Generation Z hates them. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a problem for them. A good portion, I think they they run about a 19% approval rating in Generation Z. I think millennials are like 32%. Needless to say, neither, neither of those numbers is pretty good for the Republicans. And as the baby boomers tragically pass away, they are basically starting to see the numbers move so far against them, it's not helping. So they've got to convince people to to either vote against their best interests or stay home. This is the whole Arby's beef and cheddar versus an actual crap sandwich argument I have had that basically this is the Trump people who are the actual crap, crap sandwich. Trump is the actual crap sandwich. The people have to convince you that that is somehow a equal option as opposed to an Arby's beef and cheddar, which is actually food. It's not crap between two pieces of bread. So one of the things that I think has emerged is this whole thing. Now, I'm not saying that what's going on in Palestine is good. No, it's it's the Palestinians are being slaughtered, and it is bad. It is bad. I Undeniably, Israel last October had the right to respond, and this, though, seems like a— you know, an you know, a, a outright execution of all the Palestinians who are not all Hamas, as much as a lot of people— on the extreme right, want to scream they're all the same. No, they're not. 
They're just not. And so I have a problem with this, too. What I've seen is a rise of these, I'm a young voter, and I'm never voting for that old man, Joe Biden, because of Palestine. And I say, okay, fine. You want to do this. Your argument is you're going to vote for Trump or not vote because you're mad at Joe Biden. All right. Sometimes politics does involve bad choices. As the term I've used before, what's to like? Sometimes that's just the case. What's to like? And if you are, if this is your primary issue, I can understand this is tough. But at the end of the day, it's not really that tough. From today, Republican Representative Andy Ogles from Tennessee said Tuesday that we should kill them all after an activist pressed him about to respond to atrocities that the U.S.-backed Israeli military is committing against Palestinians in Gaza, including children. I've seen the footage of shredded children's bodies, the activist told Ogles. That's my taxpayer dollars that are going to bomb these kids. You know what? So I think we should kill them all. If that makes you feel better, Ogles responded, Hamas and the Palestinians have been attacking Israel for 20 years. It's time to pay the piper. Ogles, a vocal supporter of arming Israeli unconditionally, was among the 212 House Republicans who voted in November to censure uh, Rashid Tlaib of Michigan on the false grounds that she justified the Hamas-led attack on Israel in October. Following the Tennessee Republicans' call for the mass killing of Palestinians, Democratic strategist Walid Shahid asked any congressional resolutions to censor or expel Ogles. Video footage of Ogles' remarks. Now, Ogles is not the only Republican who has said this. Trump has basically said he will turn a blind eye to whatever Israel is doing and will not care. Multiple other Republicans have actually said, kill all the Palestinians, and that's just that. Now, we can take a step back here and to all your and by the way you can find this story on Ogles O G L E S over on Raw Story and I want to encourage everyone who's listening to me right now to go find that copy that bookmark and have that bookmark standing on by because we're all getting these people now who are I'm never going to vote for Joe Biden because of Palestine Joe Biden is not saying we should line up every Palestinian and put a bullet in their head, for goodness sakes, including the children. By the way, Ogles, really nice pro-life stance you got there. Oh, yeah, I'll just, you know, we can just kill everybody. Yeah, that tells you what a hypocrite they are on that issue. But anytime you have one of these people put this out, you just need to put that there and bookmark it and let them see it and be done with it. Because the reality is, is they are broken, and or they're just being dishonest. And it's an attempt to basically convince you to take a bite of the crap sandwich as opposed to actually eat real food. This isn't a tough choice. If you, uh, What is going on to the Palestinians, I will repeat, is pretty rough to watch. It is really hard. It is incredibly hard to see the Israelis themselves stop any aid trucks and it looks, you know, famine is grabbing these people. I mean, it's clear what I think they're trying to do is just basically plow over the entire Gaza Strip and they're going to put settlements in there. I think that that at the end of the day is going to be the whole thing. And they just basically are going to put the Palestinians, whoever survives in a pen and basically, you know, throw in a cow every once in a while and say whatever happens, happens. 
I think that that is literally what's going to happen. I think that that's what the goal here is, and it, it is disturbing. And yes, I am somewhat bothered by Joe Biden's seeming approval of this. The U.N. had a resolution to call for a ceasefire, and the U.S. vetoed it. I'm not happy about that. But I sure as heck can figure out which of these two solutions is worse. Joe Biden is not the best solution, but he's not murder every Palestinians the Republicans are putting forward. No, he's not. And so it is imperative that we don't just sit back and allow this atrocious narrative of killing all the Palestinians to basically go unchecked or just going, oh, well, that's just Republicans. No. And if you post this, and by the way, I've, I've already posted this with one person today. If you post this story and the first thing from their mouths are, well, it's, it, I don't really care about what the Republicans are doing. I only care about Biden. Then it tells you everything. It's not about actually caring for the Palestinians. It's about basically just trying to convince people that, hey, Joe Biden's actual food, but I've got a crap sandwich over here that's got your name on it. So find it. Go to Raw Story. Ogles is O-G-L-E-S. It's easy to find. Basically, the story is him basically saying we should kill all the Palestinians. And anytime anyone comes to you on social media and does this, what I'm calling out right now, fake, oh, Joe Biden lost me with Palestine. I'm going to point this out there and say, well, you better vote for Joe Biden because have you seen what the other side is saying they're going to do? And it doesn't do you any good if basically Donald Trump gets into office and every Palestinian gets killed. Now, once again, this is not saying this is great. Sometimes politics is a really bad choice. And I would make an argument if your Palestinian issue is your main one, it's not a great one, but... Clearly, there's one person here that's actually not going to cause a mass casualty event. Uh, We'll take a break. Stein up next. Jeff Stein's our national and presidential expert and noted author. You can find his books over at your favorite bookseller, as well as TotallyIowa.com. The Iowa Business Report and the Iowa Politics Report come to us via KXEL, his mothership, where we find that Jeff Stein. Hey, Jeff. Oh, don't you, though? And what fe- folks uh, don't understand on the radio, you need to watch this on, I don't know, what do you have this on? The Facebook? Uh, on, the, on the Facebook, on the socials, on the YouTube and that sort of thing. Yeah, on the, uh, because uh, we were involved in... Um, inadvertent uh, synchronized drinking a moment ago it was <laughs> and it's a celebratory drink uh well at least from my side it is here on this one here uh jeff okay i said this earlier and i'm gonna say this again okay. i you and i have been following politics together here for decades decades you and i have been doing <laughs> yeah. this and it's not getting any better no, it, it, it? i have followed many a congressional investigation uh <laughs> I understand this was on stilts as it was, and the wind was blowing pretty hard. But I have never seen an investigation blow up this badly for the investigating committee ever. After the the, 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 the 
reveal that Smirnoff is not only a chronic liar, which was his lies were easily disproven, but then his own admission that the Russians were feeding him this information. Yeah, your your thoughts on 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 what clearly is a as a high stress day, I'm guessing for Comer and and Jordan at this point. Well, they're hoping that Jim Biden would say something that would be uncharacteristic, like make a mistake. Well, no, it's not going to happen. I mean, the the thing about all of this is, as it unravels, there is going to come a point, and we're already near the end of February, all right? So the election is, early voting is, what, six months away? Election is like eight months away? Yep. These representatives who are home in their districts right now, as a matter of fact, these congressional hearings are going on, but members of Congress generally are home. I think at some point people are going to show up at town meetings and say, here's a funny thought. Why don't you do something to help us? Because as all of this is going on, we don't have a budget. We don't have a farm bill. We don't have foreign aid. We don't have a secure border. All of these things... Because very quickly, Matt, you're going to have to run for re-election. Yeah. So I want you as a good Republican, Matt McNeil, to tell me <laughs> why we should return you to the U.S. Congress. No, you Ready? shouldn't. You shouldn't. No. You shouldn't. No, you should not. No, not at all. Nope, nope. I'm a, you have to vote against all the Republicans. Uh, by the way, the budget <laughs> thing, I don't know if you saw the budget words from you know Captain Upbeat over there, Speaker Johnson. He's saying, oh, yeah, we're shutting down the government. I'm like, you know, you guys are really, really bad at this, aren't you? Well, here is something that Politico reported, and and I find it intriguing, all right? And they found it intriguing. There was a Republican uh, getaway boondoggle, whatever, where, you know, all the Republicans in the House got away for a retreat, and they looked to the Speaker to tell them how they are going to make it to the promised land again in November. Mr. Johnson, Speaker Johnson, is apparently a man of deep faith. I respect that. That's perfectly fine. Knock knock yourself out. But instead of saying, here are our issues, instead of saying, here's the path to victory, instead of rolling up his sleeves, pulling out a whiteboard and diagramming, he started talking about the moral failures of the country. He started talking about uh, how America is in a bad place and it needs to be elevated up. Okay, no quibble with the message. It's just not what you expected when you're talking about how do we win. In other words, the whole session is designed to be a nuts and bolts. Let's be very practical from a political standpoint. And he gave them a Sunday school lesson. Mm -hmm. Again, there's a place for that, but it's not what they were expecting. And the word kind of filtering out is um, how are we going to translate what you just said into two more years of cushy job security for me, the representative from uh, Podunk Center, Wisconsin. And it wasn't there. And then you couple that, Matt, with the numbers we saw for fundraising, how much money the RNC has as opposed to the DNC, an amazingly low amount, how much money Biden has on hand as opposed to Trump and Haley combined. Now, I'll grant you, Republicans have to spend money to get a nomination. That's yes. all fine. Yeah. Tell me why the RNC is, you know, going to be going out for free government cheese. It, it just it's it's staggering. By the way, we're going to come back to the RNC in a little bit here. But I want to get back to the, this whole thing. So there's an interesting timeline issue here. Bill okay. Barr actually investigated this early 
And from the report, the, the, the lies that Smirnoff told were so blatant and easy to, to dissect that a lot of people have suspected that they knew he was lying back then with that first investigation. Mm-hmm. There was a, a, a discovery motion that Biden's lawyers needed to get the information from Weiss, the special counsel, this time around. Right. And, and, and coincidentally, my guess is this. He knew that this was there. How long back? I mean, well, clearly the Department of Justice kind of knew that this guy had was not to be trusted. But the you had this. They had to basically give this stuff to Biden, I think, by the end of this month. And so they had no other option. They had to charge this guy with a crime because they have him dead to rights to this. Mm-hmm. The question is, how long ago did most of the senior – I mean, once again, this is probably not public information. But if you're in charge – if you're a guy like Chuck Grassley – you're not exactly immune from finding out these things. Chuck Grassley, Comer, Jim Jordan. What's the chances years ago they knew this guy was actually a fraud? And if that was the case and they were aware of this, did they break any laws by constantly running back and saying, the guy I know, because all it takes is one email saying, oh, by the way, that guy was lying. If 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 it's found out, is there any culpability by them that why were you pushing an investigation and constantly quoting a guy you knew was lying? Well, it, I don't think there was that much release to some of these people because, remember, this informant was relied upon previously when it was suitable. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you got to be a little careful with it, but... The broader point is um, when you go all in on any informant who has information about Russia, the antenna ought to go up of well, now how how do you get that? And I don't care if you're talking about Republican or Democrat. Okay, I mean, for example, let's play let's play total conspiracy theory. Sure. If the Department of Justice, this Department of Justice, knew that the informant was not to be trusted. You think they wanted to tell anybody? No, sit on it until you have to actually do something. And then when you do it, it's sort of like, okay, Matt, walk to the edge, walk to the edge. Come on, buddy, get a little closer. All right, now I'm going to push you. I'm not going to push you until you're right at the edge. This is going to be a violent segment. I apologize. Darn you. (laughs) Big surprise. Uh, So so in that respect, I, I... and, and again, if you want a politician to be held accountable for not spinning the truth all the time, then it's going to be a very empty U.S. Capitol, which might not be a bad thing, come to think of it. Now, Grassley, and you've got a better view of Grassley down there than we do up here. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you and I talked about when he came out with this, I've got – here it is. I've got the smoking gun right here. And he put, put the information out. The fact that he never revisited that ever again – if anything points to me saying, hey, uh, Senator, could you come here? We need to chat with you about this guy here. Well, the he's fact coming I, on the program next week, so uh, send ask me a him. reminder to ask him about it. Ask but him. as I recall, now I'd have to go back. And and by the way, I wasn't name dropping. He's an Iowa official. He comes on the show once a month. He's an old man. He roams occasionally into buildings. So yeah. <laughs> He's almost 91, and he could kick your hiney from here to Minnetonka. <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> okay. okay. All righty. Sure. With a reconstructed sure. hip. Okay. I'm not messing with him. All right. You know, fine. But I seem to recall 
the whole thing started, and one of these monthly conversations came up, and I asked him for more details. And what I, if I'm remembering right, what I heard was, well, we just had questions. They have to be brought out. I don't know. I just know that it's on this piece of paper, so I want it brought out. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to hide behind, and I have no idea because I haven't talked to him for a couple of months. Uh, if you're going to hide behind the, well, I just, I didn't know. I just wanted answers off the piece of paper. That may be literally true, but there's an impression you leave by, again, saying, I hold in my hand mm-hmm. the names of hundreds of communists in the exactly. department. Well, can you do me a favor? When you do talk to him, I want you to just ask him the question. When exactly did you know that Smirnoff was lying? When, when, when were you made aware of that? that? That's the only question. You don't, no follow-ups. You don't have to do anything. But just put him on point and say, when, yeah. where, when were you made aware that Smirnoff was not being honest? I think we're well until word reaches Washington of this conversation. Uh, I think uh, we're set for Tuesday, and and you'll have to remind me because at my advanced age, I can't remember it. Tell Chuck but, I said yeah. hi. <laughs> well, <laughs> your former constituent said, <laughs> uh, "Okay, so we already know there's no there there anymore. I mean, this thing has dried up faster than a, a California lake the last twenty years. So you got, I have zero doubt." The Republicans are not going to let this go because they're just – this is the only point of it being there is a, a, a an election year political ploy. So what is going to be the justification when they come back and they do a la after the seventh investigation into Benghazi screaming, we still have questions. Um, what is going to be their justification to keep this investigation open now that basically every tentpole they have is gone? Two things about it. One, I think there's more there than what you may think. However, people who are good at this aren't going to get caught. Okay, I mean, what what these well, people on the committee? I, I think. Are you sure? I mean, okay, they put out a picture of a saw with sawdust on it and accused Biden of you know that is his cocaine stash. I don't I, think how they do you not know that. <laughs> By the way, how do you not? It's I don't brown. use drugs. It's brown. Never, well, it just wasn't very good cocaine. You're you're going with the '80s movies or watching Miami Vice where it was powder white. This this is not good cocaine. That's unprocessed. Yes, it's it's organic. I guess I don't know. Um, it, it's like flour. Yeah, it's they're... not distilled and processed. No, I. What I'm saying is, there's a lot of stuff there. That you and I wouldn't do because we don't travel in these circles and have this kind of money. But the point is, you can't close the deal. Okay, so you can't close the deal. Have you kicked up enough dust to make your point? And the point being, you can't trust these people. No, we didn't really prove the whole thing, but we've whipped up enough. And can they then find, because this is this is the answer to your question. How do you find your, your way out? That's it. Do you find That's your it. way out? See, I think you find your way out by saying, um, we've made our point. These people are crooked as a dog's hind leg. I think that's the phrase. And I'm not into colloquialisms or, or you know, things like you would have learned in, the, in South Carolina. But I, I say, well, we need to go back to work for the American people because the American people have told us, you know, they'll, they'll do some stunt like that. But, you know, I don't know if you saw the clip where a CNN, and, and I don't remember his name. I don't remember his last name. His first name is Manu. He's the CNN uh, Capitol Hill correspondent. Yeah. Was asking Jordan about, well, the guy you said was behind all this. 
it's it's bogus. At which point Jordan said, well, we, we said there was more than just this form. At which point the reporter said, but that's not true. So, and apparently it fell apart in the hallway right there. Mm-hmm. So I think at some point, they're going to say they're going to read the tea leaves and say we've got the maximum benefit because we can't actually pin it down. And we're and again, Republican Congressman McNeil cannot come up with a list of things for people to vote. See, that's what it comes down to. If I said to any Republican, tell me what you've done in the year plus that you've been in the majority in Congress. Ready, go. I got a notepad and I got time. Go for it. What are they going to tell me? Well, it's the Senate's fault. I, okay. I, I agree with you, and I think that where you're going to look at this is I think that in early summer, this whole thing goes away, and they're going to release a report kind of like the Her report where I'm not charging with them a crime, but it doesn't mean I didn't find things that I raised an eyebrow. Sure. And they're sure. just going to set that up, get rid of this, because I don't think they want to take this into September, October, uh, especially well, if there's well, just no again, there. Because there. when the question is, what have you done for us lately? Yep. As a voter, there's nothing there. All right, we've got to take a break. But, yeah, I I think that they're going to find a way to bury this. Let's talk about the RNC when we do return. Jeff Stein joining us for his usual Wednesday visit, 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Broadcasting in the evening on WCPT 820 Chicago's Progressive Talk and in the afternoon on AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Jeff Stein joining us for his usual weekly Visit and you have some audio from Senator Grassley himself, correct? We shouldn't be doing stupid things like that. <laughs> I use these on occasion, uh, just when I when I need uh, a, a little bolster. Um, let's see what else. Oh, I did ask uh, the senator if he remembered uh, you from your time in Iowa. Here's what he said: too big and fat. Well, but other than yeah, that, that's yeah. not going to deny. I mean, I like my food. Uh, That's like, terrible. You should Isn't make the you awful? make the pork chops too damn delicious. All right. Uh, speaking of, deli- you have a right to be cynical. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones only wishes he could do an old guy voice like that. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. Are you um, kidding me? There's a wolf after me. I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to survive. What in the Blaze movie was that from? <laughs> the Simpsons. All right, so. <laughs> All right, see, I was thinking it was going to be, was it Men in Black 1 no. or 2? Or no, it, no. I, no, too Simpsons. highbrow, too highbrow. All Obviously. right, speaking, speaking of delicious uh, money, yes. uh, the Trump campaign, you're not going to believe this, they're looking for as much money as they can. The new The new theory is to put Laura Trump in, well, technically not in charge, but in charge of the RNC. The report I saw yesterday, which was really interesting, is the plan is to purge all the existing staff and put them in with Trump loyalists. She's already said the only job that matters to the RNC is making sure Trump gets elected, and it's already sent donors spiraling. Kind of like, wait a second here, because the RNC is there for the Senate races, the House races, maybe even a governor's race or something like that. They, they, this is not about just the presidency. And this is a little bit of a concern. You, you know, are we seeing this right? I mean, is this, this does look like Trump basically saying, I need cash. Let's go look at the RNC. It is true that any incumbent 
And this was the case with Trump four years ago. It's the case with Biden and the DNC now. They are, in essence, merged. The interests are merged, with the goal being to get the top spot elected. To your point, yes, they're supposed to help folks up and down the line. Yeah. But there are congressional campaign consent of that sort of thing as well. The distinction is the concern that, and it's twofold, one, the daughter-in-law of the president, or the candidate in this case, the daughter-in-law is the vice chair of the RNC. Who's the chair? It's someone from North Carolina who is an election denier from 2020. Yes. But the second thing that makes this different is the concern that the money that Matt McNeil donates every month to the RNC in order to get you know the sticker for his car is going to go to Trump legal fees. And that's where the concern comes in, is that it just becomes a piggy bank for the nominee. And that was not the intention. And to your point, that's why donors are saying, because look, the RNC is a train wreck. They needed (laughs) to clean house. Well, right. Yeah. Look at how many successful elections they prosecuted in a row. Oh, wait, none. And so you needed an overhaul. But oh, my gosh, at least he's obvious enough to put his daughter-in-law as the vice chair. They're not hiding. Well, and a question for you. I mean, Ron McDonald, mm-hmm. she was the one, she was also found on in Georgia, right? That, that, that she was on tape down there saying, yeah, we need to find these votes. So she's mm-hmm. already, I mean, the, the, the organization itself has got fairly compromised. Well, uh, don't know. forget, it was, it was just earlier this year that there was uh, an uprising to toss her out. Yeah. I mean, you had multiple candidates from Trump, just like the same thing, though, with the with the border thing. It wasn't it wasn't that it was a bad deal. It's just that Trump didn't want it to happen. And so they're all benevolent to Trump. The you and you've seen RNC, the DNC, the RNC. I mean, when you look at what they do, I mean, generally they'll target like 10 Senate races and like 30 House races that they'll just, mm-hmm. you know, you start right. There's a congressional campaign committee and then there's individual campaigns and then there's state campaigns. There's a lot of things to help these guys up and down the board, but they'll yep. identify 10 Senate races and 30 House races, which are their top priority that comes money out. How bad would this cripple the Republicans if all of a sudden the money that would go to those you know, potentially winnable races all of a sudden dries up from the RNC? Well, it all depends, because if the entities that handle those key races – whether it's the Senate Election Committee, the Congressional Committee, or the individual candidates, if they quickly pivot and say, give to us directly, the RNC is a train wreck, it's a dumpster fire, avoid them, give us the money directly, you can trust us, they have a shot. But remember what I think it was just last week when I said, given the way they're trying to play it out, and the RNC issue you bring up plays right into it, You may have a Republican president with big majorities of Democrats in both houses of Congress. Because if you're only focusing on the White House, to your point, Congress goes away. Yeah. And and it's already a jump ball in both in both the chambers. In just a year since you and I've been talking, I think the House, the Senate particularly has gone from a what looked to be a surefire Republican pickup to, I don't know, it's going to be a little closer down there. I mean, Carrie Lake is not helping the Republicans down in Arizona. I'll put it that way. Uh, how Do you think Trump has the money to pay this all off, all these these fines? I mean, do you think he – obviously he doesn't have the cash on hand, but the question is can he get the money to put the bond up so he can appeal it? He's never had the cash on hand, and that's not a criticism. I that's mean, just, you know, it's yeah. leverage with property. Yep. 
Uh, the, the question is, does he have a buddy who will float him a mortgage on Trump Tower to give him the cash without losing the asset? But they have to do it somewhat quickly because, again, they can appeal the case, which they will do. But unless they post the appeal bond, yep. then the attorney general can start seizing assets and changing the locks on the door of Trump Tower. And so there's a time crunch here that has nothing to do with Saturday's primary or Super Tuesday. Uh, by the way, how common is that in other states, that you have to put a bond up if you have a major ruling against you, that you have to put money in a bond to be able to appeal it? Uh, what you're doing is you're posting the bond so that the lower court ruling is not put into force. Yes. And it's very common. Okay. The difference on this one is... It's a former president, and it's, uh, well, you know, it's walking around money for, uh, you know, for your staff, but not for me. <laughs> oh, certainly. yes. The palatial complex here, yes. It's like like Putin's vacation home. It's, 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 it's gorgeous. I mean, this is, this is walking around money for Patrick. Yeah. I know it is. <laughs> uh, Jeff Stein, you can listen to this on the weekends here on AM 950. Jeff, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Chicago, goodbye. Minneapolis-St. Paul Tower 2 up next. Hour number, hour number two of the show here on your Wednesday. Matt Brett here today. Brett back from his vacation. 952-946-6205, you, you know how the Republicans like to call people triggered? You know, they we triggered him, triggered him, go, 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 how they do that. So I like the new Minnesota state flag. It wasn't my first choice as far as the design goes, but the more I see it, the more I like it. I was over, I've, I've done a few walks, Brett, lately, and I've seen people flying the flag, and I really like it. It's actually quite a pretty flag. It stands out. And it you know, once again, the flag people that study flags uh, that are experts in them, they all say the same thing is it's a really good flag. I like it. I think it, it's very distinctive. I got mine in the mail and I got it post I got it hanging on my house. So I took a picture of it and I posted the picture up online. The Response well for the first of all the vast majority of the responses everyone likes it, uh, and yeah that's 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 good because it's a good looking flag. The amount of Republicans who are triggered by the image of a flag, and and I've had multiple ones saying you're just out here trying to troll us. No, I'm just. Steve Dreskowski was on the committee that approved this. You think me and Steve, Steve Dreskowski got a lot of things in common? No. But Dreskowski was on this committee. Jeremy freaking Munson came on out and said, guys, don't get into this stupid argument. I, For all you dim bulb Republicans who are sitting there going, it's the worst flag ever. For all you dim bum Republicans, I could take the flags of the old flag of Minnesota, the flag of Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, and I could go out and take out all the the words off of them and the dates off of them and put them on a wall, and you would have never have any idea which one was which, because they were they were just all the same, a very non exciting flag, 
it, it, you, it, and it had racism in it, for God's sakes. It had racism in it. And you act as if we've already given up. If you're this pathetic, seriously, if you are this pathetic, can you tell me where the, show me where the flag touched you? I mean, come on, man. You guys are pathetic. I mean, seriously, you are sad. You're sad, weak, weak people that you can't get. I saw a picture of the flag and I got to yell. <laughs> this is me laughing at you, triggered guy. Seriously. And here's the crazy part. And let's just give up the ghost right here. If a Republican governor had approved this same exact flag, you would all, all of you be saying, it's the greatest flag I've ever seen. It's so pretty. I can't wait to get mine. But it got approved by a bipartisan group, which was fairly bipartisan, under the Walls administration. And it's, we're giving up. You like I was going to say, I, I think you're exactly right. They would probably try to co-opt it into some sort of like right-wing hate symbol if oh, a Republican God. governor signed it. Oh, so, God. It yeah. would. It, they would just love it. It's, like, it's a sign of Republican dominance. I, you, I don't know what to say to you guys outside of <laughs> – I, I, how are you this weak of an individual? Seriously, how are you all this – Sad, pathetic, weak little whiny man that basically flag. <laughs> this is me openly laughing at you. You are pathetic. Uh, it's a flag, and it's a good-looking flag, by the way. It's a nice-looking flag, and yet here you are. Here you are, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. All right, so we got two giveaways for Listener Appreciation Month. Once again, a reminder, we are long overdue in doing this. We have needed to say thank you to you, the listener, for a long time, and we are doing a full month of this stuff. We've been giving away tickets. We've been giving away events. We had the meet and greet. Uh, We're giving away this week uh, a series of, of, of gift certificates. Uh, that we're giving away in my show, Native Roots Radio and Ghost Box Radio with Greg. So just, you know, you, you can listen to our shows. You can also go to Facebook, like the Facebook page, comment and like on a post. You'll be entered in to win gift certificates that way. You can go get the go to the webpage, am950radio.com, sign up for the e-newsletter. In the e-newsletter, there's a way for you to win. Yeah, it's that simple. So a lot of ways to do it. This hour, we're going to give away some things. First of all, Mavericks, and boy, roast beef sandwiches, man. Damn tasty. Caught my attention. Uh, Dang right, man. Dang right. Juicy. (laughs) Mavericks, you're beautiful. Roseville, just south of Highway 36 on Lexington Avenue. Stop on in there today. Go get some some roast beef. Seriously, go get some roast beef. Fantastic. You can, by the way, win a $25 gift card to them at some point this hour. Here's the great part, too. We actually have one more pair of tickets for Randy Rainbow. It's this Friday at the State Theater. It's it's this Friday at the State Theater. So if you can go, I got a, a, a pair of tickets to give away a little bit later on this hour as well. 
Listen for your chances to win. Listener Appreciation Month continuing here. Native Roots Radio, I'm awake with Robert Pilot and crew, and of course with Ghost Box Radio and Greg Bakken, all right here on AM 950. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you very much for all you have done. You guys are fantastic, and I, and I really do love you, and I appreciate all you guys do for us. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. An update on the situation in Burnsville. A joint memorial service for the two Burnsville police officers and the paramedics shot to death Sunday during a standoff has been scheduled for February 28th, according to the source with direct knowledge of the arrangements. An announcement from the State Department of Public Safety with further details about the service will be made within a couple hours, the source said. Killed early Sunday were officers Paul Elmstrand and Matthew Rouge, both 27, a firefighter paramedic Adam Finseth, 40. Wounded was 38-year-old Sergeant Adam Medlicott, uh, who was treated at HCMC and is recovering. The suspect, uh, Shannon Cortez Gordon, killed himself later in the morning outside the home, the 12,600 block of South 33rd Avenue with a gunshot to the head. Several children and the mother of the residence where Gordon also lived were unharmed. The sister and the woman who was living at the home with Gordon gave an update Monday on how the family is faring in the aftermath of the standoff and the shooting. The woman and her children are safe today because the officer's historic actions, said Madison Weirmer, uh, posted an online fundraising campaign started on the family's behalf. My sister Ashley is a loving and caring stay, stay, stay-at-home mom with four biological children and three stepchildren. She continued, a serious and shocking chain of events has caused significant damage to the household. Therefore, my sister and her children can no longer have a place to call home. They're staying with family in the meantime as we navigate the next move forward. And obviously, those kids, um, this is going to be one of those situations where you know, they, there's, you know we need to make sure they, they, they have mental counselors too because they're – you know, the I can't comprehend what it must have been like in that house. And, yeah, that, that's you know, let's make sure that they have some mental health counseling as well because they're going to need it. That's for sure. We brought up yesterday an interesting side note of the law that technically Gooden – could have it was illegal for him to own a weapon but technically he could have legally bought the weapon because before august 1st of last year private transactions did not require a background check and so hence he could have just gone to someone bought the gun and that's the end of it now he couldn't legally hold the gun so he was breaking the law then the Democrats figured out, well, that loophole shouldn't exist, and so they shut that loophole. But we don't quite know where he got the gun yet, and we should know that. That should be something that should be the public should be made aware of how exactly he got the gun. He might have bought it illegally off the street. He might have stolen it from somebody. He might have walked into a store and bought one. How they that happened, we don't know, but that could have happened. Or he could have legally bought the gun last year prior to August 1st. From a private tra- in a private transaction that did not require a background check that would have alerted them that he should not have the gun. It brings up the question on what's going to happen with guns. Reformer touched on this today. The DFL lawmakers are considering a slew of new gun regulations and restrictions this session, with many with the goal of reducing the number of semi-automatic rifles in Minnesota. Democrats are looking to build upon the gun legislation 
signed into law last year, including universal background checks and extreme risk protection orders or red flag laws, which allows the authorities to take guns from someone deemed a threat to themselves or to others. The push comes as Burnsville mourns for the loss of two authors in a paramedic and gunfire. Last year, according to preliminary data, there were 59 incidents involving suspects shooting at police up from just 10 in 2019. I have said this. I said this on Monday. I will say this again today. Being pro-cop means you're for gun control because these police officers, they're dealing with domestics. They're trying to drop off restraining orders and stuff like that. Next thing you know, they're in a war zone. It is not pro-cop to make sure everyone is armed to the teeth without any kind of understanding on whether or not they are mentally capable of having a loaded weapon around them. It is not pro-cop to basically keep insisting that people can amass weapons and armor armaments and think to themselves that this is somehow what the Second Amendment is all about. And it sure as heck does, not, does no good to have illegal guns on the streets I have put the suggestion, you make it a 20-year penalty for someone who illegally sells a gun. I guarantee you the first time you, you jail someone and you throw, them away, you throw them in jail for 20 years for illegally selling a gun, you will clean up a dramatic amount of the illegal guns on the street. A dramatic amount. Pro-cop means you're for gun control. It's just that simple. And there, there's you can't keep looking at these numbers. 59 incidents last year, a a near six-fold increase to what it was in 2019. And the the only difference is this Republican guns everywhere crowd. It is an embarrassment. If you are pro-cop, you're pro-gun restrictions. Some progressive DFL lawmakers are aiming for laws restricting the sale and possession of semi-automatic rifles like the AR-15, but slim majorities in both chambers and skittish caucus moderates will make passage difficult, especially in an election where all 134 House seats are on the ballot and the issue could create a political headaches for swing district Democrats. I'm still disappointing to me how the public is ahead of the politicians on this one, said Senator John Marty, the DFL from Roseville. Marty, a longtime gun control advocate, said he hasn't heard whether his assault weapon bill will even receive a hearing this session, but he's not optimistic. Many of his Democratic colleagues, he said, are scared. House Speaker Melissa Hortman, DFL from Brooklyn Park, dampened expectations. I personally support an assault weapons ban, but my priority has been the legislation that can pass the House and Senate and be signed into law by Governor Walls, like criminal background checks and extreme risk protection orders in the 2023 session. Hortman said in a statement, she said she focused on the safe storage of guns and requiring the reporting of lost or stolen firearms to law enforcement. Wait a minute. It's not illegal to, to, to not report a stolen firearm? Yeah, you should fix that. Come on. Talk about very least we can do. Lawmakers last year considered safe storage laws, and a version of the proposal will likely emerge for consideration again this year. Lawmakers also seem ready to proceed with a law that would revoke the state's pre, uh, preemption of firearms regulations. Current preemption law prevents local governments from enacting their own gun laws. The bill would allow it, but progressive Democrats this year are proposing more headline-grabbing gun control legislation 
basically semi-automatic rifle bans. Ten states that have laws restricting semi-automatic rifles, which have been often commercial versions of the military weapons. The AR-15-style semi-automatic rifle has been used in many of the U.S.'s high-profile mass shootings. Marty is proposing a bill that would session that would ban the possession of large-capacity magazines, semi-automatic military-style assault weapons, 50 caliber or larger guns. The bill also includes a registration requirement for Minnesotans who already own one of those guns. Representative Maria Perez-Vega, DFL from St. Paul, is sponsoring the House version of the possession ban. She said she was raised by a family of veterans who would be troubled by how easily accessible semi-automatic rifles are today. I should mention something about the AR-15 and any gun that's like that. When someone sat down with graph paper and a pencil to design it, it was designed to kill as many human beings as quickly as possible. Yep, it was. It's a military-grade weapon. It was designed to kill as many human beings as quickly as possible. That's what it was designed for. Who in the hell thinks that that's a good idea to have on the streets? The first-term representative said Minnesota needs to protect public safety for all of its citizens. I acknowledge the Second Amendment is the right to bear arms, but it was written in another time and context, said Perez Vega. Couldn't agree more with your representative. Couldn't agree with more. We'll have to see, but once again, I think that, yeah, it's – there are just – I think we're going to have to look at what the DFL did last year. And be as proud as I am about what they did last year, I think that if you're expecting real big – bills to go through this year i think they're just they're basically just you know don't create a bill that basically makes it harder for us to hold the majority in the house now i would make an argument that trump is going to hurt democrats down the board especially if he doesn't give them any money and amy klobuchar running for the democrats on the the uh, on the uh for the u.s senate is going to help uh, across the board because yeah they don't even have a candidate really to run against her right now but still, uh, as a matter of fact, when we come on back after the break, I'm going to take some time and I'm going to talk a little bit about there's something that's concerning me about the DFL right now. I'll get to that in a second. First of our prizes this hour, Mavericks, fantastic, real roast beef sandwiches in Roseville. Yeah, it's delicious. You want just south of Highway 36 on Lexington, it's Mavericks. I got a $25 gift card right now, 952-946-205, 952-946-6205. Call in number five. You're going to get that gift card. Good luck on that. Take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. 952-946-6205. Brett, who is our winner here on this? Yeah, Jeff from Prior Lake, the winner of those Mavericks. Yeah, there you go. Good food over there. Yeah, indeed. Enjoy that. Fantastic. Real roast beef sandwiches over at Mavericks. On, once again, just south of Highway 36 on Lexington. Jeff in Prior Lake, you're the winner there. We do have another pair of Randy Rainbow tickets to give away. That's for Friday night show. So make sure you can go to Friday night show before you call in to try to win it. Okay? All right. 952-946-6205-952-946-6205. Um, I, I've talked about, I, but just yesterday, I talked about how in Wisconsin, um, I was deeply disappointed in the Democratic Party over there because they had two U.S. House races last year where they didn't even run a candidate. What are you doing? Not only do you basically concede the seat, which you should not be doing, 
but you also make it virtually impossible for your state house and Senate or in Wisconsin, the assembly, the house is not the assembly over there. You make it almost impossible for them to Democrats to win there because basically it's a loaded it's a loaded ticket. You've got to run candidates in every race. You have got to run candidates in every race. The reason why the Democrats have done so well in 2018, 2020, 2022 is you've run Democrats in every race. You need to do that again, which is a little concerning today. This is from the Rochester paper. GOP representative Brad Finstead is increasingly looking impregnable from his congressional purse representing Minnesota's first. Eight months before the general election, no DFL candidate is stepped forward to challenge the first-term GOP congressman. And time is running out. And by the way, Finstead is not difficult to knock off. Come on. And time is running out. With each passing day, Finstead's position looks increasingly unassailable. For decades, the Southern Minnesota District was a reliable swing district, represented almost evenly between moderate DFLers and the GOP conservatives. Uh, Current DFL Governor Walls represented the district for a dozen years. Uh, Tim Penny, a DFLer, also held the seat for 12 years. From 1982 to 1994, Gutnick uh, was the GOP conservative, held sway between Penny and Walls. He held it for 12 years as well. The um, late Jim Haydorn, a Republican, held the seat for three years before dying in office. He was succeeded by Finstead in both the special and general elections. But within the last several election cycles, the district has shifted to the GOP's favor. It was largely a rural district in farm country. Okay, you've got Rochester down there. That is a Democratic stronghold. Austin, the river towns are moving more to the left. You're just giving up. Come on. I do not like my party basically saying, well, what's the point? You learned your lesson, right? You can't allow this race to go unchallenged. Not one Okay, maybe a seven, but I would still never do that. I'd still never do that. Because all you're doing is you are crippling every House member DFLer in that district. You're basically, if the DFL, if your mentality is, hey, we know you're going to vote for the Republican for the House race, but remember to switch back to Democrats for the other races. If that's your, you've already lost. And last time I checked, those Democratic House races down there are important. Dear Lord. So I don't know what the hell you're doing over there at the DFL. But get off your asses and get someone down in one to run. How am I telling you this, for God's sakes? Matt, it's not that easy. You can find somebody. Come on. Finstead is not undefeatable. He's just not. And I don't like DFLers who's like, well, they're going to be mean to me if they're going to like go out there into their districts. Fine. You don't concede a race anywhere. Every house race has a DFL challenger in the Minnesota House. Every house race. For God's sakes, every U.S. house race has to have a DFL challenger. 
What are you doing with all the damn money we're sending you? What are you doing with all the money we're sending you? It is not an unwinnable seat. For goodness sakes, it's not. I, you know, I, I, I think about the damage that you guys will do. Because, once again, you look at all you got done last year. I've had, I had Anita Gall on the show. She ran out of the Senate seat. It was a deep red seat. She got beat badly, but they had to spend money in that race. Why? Because she was there. Do you know how many races they won't spend a damn dime in in the Minnesota One District and all that money goes into the suburban races to try to knock off a few DFLers there? That's, that's not a winning strategy, for God's sakes. That's not. You only have this trifecta because you challenged in every race. You just shrugging your shoulders now. I don't know what the hell you're doing. It There's got to be someone that you can run down the Minnesota one. Because Brad Finstead, I mean, he's a clueless dolt, for God's sakes. He's a clueless Trump dolt. He should not have any traction in Rochester. He should not have any traction in Austin. should not have too much traction as well on a lot of the river cities on the east side. Okay, this is not difficult. But apparently you guys weren't making it. Get off your butts and go find somebody to run in one. Now. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Don't be like the Wisconsin Democrats last year where they're like, well, yeah, that was a big year for Dems. Maybe we should have run someone in those districts. Yeah, maybe you should have. Well, we just lost the Minnesota House. Gee, Willikers, maybe we should have run someone in one. Yeah, maybe you should have. Oh, come on. 952-946-6205. Take a break. Come on back. It is the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. 952-946-6205. By the way, uh, I didn't know if you saw the story. How messed up is Alabama? They say frozen embryos are a human life. They basically say a, 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 a bomb pop is, is human life. I've okay. heard a number of clinics actually have announced they've, they're going to close today yeah, out of fear. A, the yeah. first fertility clinic has now halted I, uh, in virtual fertilization, uh, fertilization treatments after Alabama ruling the embryos are children. <laughs> Jesus. I thought today, were we supposed to have the ruling today from the Supreme Court on whether Trump was uh, was uh, immune from any prosecution ever? I haven't seen any word yet today yeah. that comes out. If it does do that, expect to be Biden naked driving the Trans Am across the front lawn of the White House by the end of the day. <laughs> Diamond Joe needs to make a comeback if that happens. <laughs> Certain occasions. Yeah. Um, yeah, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205 is the phone number. All right. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because one of the things about the, the conservatives immediately ran and said was, why wasn't this black guy locked up for life? When, yeah, okay. 
Um, don't get me wrong. This guy was, you know, he, he was, you know, obviously mentally deranged. They had the restraining orders and stuff like this. But the, I guess the argument is that they basically should just see a black person. And this is, once again, this is a Republican argument. That they should see a black person, just make up a bunch of charges and throw them in jail and lose the key. All right. I, I, I don't quite understand. This, it seems pretty harsh. And we we have this discussion, and, I, and I'm, you know, I've been very critical of Mary Moriarty, the Hennepin County attorney, because she has, she said she wanted to deal with the racial injustices in the system. Agreed. But I don't think that means letting people who have been participating in murders, you know, stay home to Netflix and DoorDash. I don't think that that's a punishment. I don't need brain size. Shut up. Just just stop. Just stop. You have to have some level of punishment. You have to. And by the way, and, I, and I've said this before, every town that's gotten a hyper-progressive approach like this, a hyper, you know, a progressive approach to to their prosecution of crimes, it's catastrophically failed. And they've all gotten voted out of office or recalled, in, in depending on where you're at. And the reason why is one of these angels that needs to be misunderstood ends up committing another crime almost immediately. Yeah, it's not good. You cannot... You cannot solve the problem by not punishing people. Don't get me wrong. I agree that there was racial injustice in the system. But the opposite of a heavy-handed approach is not the uh, is a non-handed approach and that's not good either. You've got to find the middle road. That being said, we have a lot of problems with correct punishments sentencing prosecution of people. But I am always tickled pink when I find a story of um, what I'm going to presume is a suburban white man committing a pretty heinous crime and basically not getting punished at all for said crime because, you know, come on, who doesn't want to be rich, Matt? Like, like that's a justification. Oh, here we go. Owner of a popular restaurant in downtown Victoria has been sentenced to a few days in jail and ordered to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for failing to pay taxes for several years. But Matt, Matt, you know, not paying your taxes, is that really a crime? Yes, it is. <laughs> I have to pay my taxes. Brett, do you have to pay your taxes? I do, yes. All right. I, you know, I got to pay them. And I got to pay it generally a much higher rate than wealthy people uh, because I'm middle class, so I'm screwed. But, you know, hey, I get it. It's, you know, I look around, I see the, the parks, I see the, 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 the quality investments, I see the art, I see police and fire, I see all these things we spend money on, good roads and good school. I get it. I'm okay with it because I got a good quality of life in Minnesota. If you, 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 all these people that talk about, I want to leave and go to a no tax state. Yeah. Enjoy. Cause you'll be back here pretty quick. Cause that, those states suck or you're having to pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars out of pocket for basic services that you used to get for free for a few hundred dollars in Minnesota. But hey, you know, 
let that be a surprise. Oh, you, 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 you. I'll let you be surprised. You can, you, you can keep it quiet when you move back. Um, yeah, apparently this is the crime. Paul M. Carlson, 62 of Excelsior, owner of Vicks Bar and Grill, was sentenced last week in Carver County District Court after pleading guilty as a felony for failing to file tax returns. Judge Martin Fallon sentenced calls for Carlson to serve a long weekend in jail from 7 p.m. on a Friday till 7 a.m. on the following Monday. Fallon set aside another 90 days in jail and ordered Carlson to be on a suspended probation for five years. Ooh, five. That's a stern finger wagging. Oh, I bet he's learned his lesson. Carlson must pay 20% of what he owes within six months of the final retribution tab, an amount that has yet to be determined at the time. Wait a second. He only has to pay 20% of the money that he, he didn't pay? All right. Carlson owed more than $440,000 in taxes, penalties, and interest, but he pays all of what he owes within two years. His probation will end after two years. Okay, so he has to have two years. He has to pay it, and then he has probation out. But he has $440,000. Overall, this was a very good result considering the complexities and challenges of the case. <laughs> really? I don't, I, don't, I don't see an intricate web here. Dude wasn't paying his taxes. Okay, that's, that's, that seems to be the end of the story, correct? That seems to be the end of the story. The intricate, you don't know the ins and outs here. Oh, it was like, it was like one of those, uh, you know, uh, uh, glass onion type of, uh, uh, of, of mysteries. No, no, not really. No, it's, it's pretty obvious. Um, uh, the complexities challenge of the kids. That's where I was at there. That's Mark Metz The on Wednesday. Our office was unwilling to have the defendant sentenced as a gross misdemeanor and served firm on a felony conviction with jail consequences. Oh, yeah, four full days. Well, two full days, really. Two and a half days. Two and a half days. Two and a half full days in jail and restitution to be packed back as soon as possible. Don't make us wag our fingers again. Those two days are on a weekend as well. Oh, I wonder if that makes a difference. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it, you know, it's a shame you couldn't get it last week. And with the All-Star game, there's no sports going on. You can just grab a few books and kick back and relax. According to, uh, okay, the, uh, recovering the unpaid taxes as soon as possible was a critical part of the plea. That was the reason for the weekend in jail and the additional 90 days jail hanging over his head. Were... Um, the uh, we're, we're the uh, we are the frequent communications with the Minnesota Department of Revenue who are in agreement with the plea and sentence. Are you? Are y'all? Like I said, a a a a minority, an African American, a Native American, or a Hispanic American takes one penny more from the take a penny, leave a penny jar. They're on the ground, hands behind their back, spending a week in jail until the sheriff says, "I still got questions about what was going on here." And you've got a county attorney scouring every freaking legal book they've got to find anything they could charge the guy with. Here is, oh, you got a six-figure tax cheat. A six-figure tax cheat. Well done. I think they've learned their lesson. Have they? I don't think they have. As a matter of fact, I think you just encourage people to do it. Jeez, you get a get a sweetheart deal with them, these guys. Forty I'll just use it as a spa day. I'll do some meditation. 
According to the criminal complaint, Carlson failed to file his individual uh, income tax returns and his corporate tax returns for tax years 2015 through 2020. That would be six years. He also failed to turn over the state the sales tax collected by his business during those years. What? The annual taxable revenue for the downtown restaurant, which sits on Steiger Lake, was about eight hundred and ninety-two thousand dollars. So what is okay? So how much tax revenue did he? Have? And Matt's math corner here. So it's still six percent sales tax. Is that where we're at? Six and a half. Yeah, they got six and a half. It's six and a half here. So. Uh, that'd be eight nine nine two zero 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 times point uh, zero six five. It's fifty seven thousand bucks, man. Can you imagine if someone didn't it stole fifty seven thousand dollars and just put it in their pocket and walked out the door? What that would be like? What the? What, do you think that they'd be saying it's like, eh, we got them four, th- two and a half full days? I don't want to say four. It's not. It's two and a half days, and we got them two and a half days in jail for stealing near sixty k. They've learned their lesson. Uh, he told the State Department of Revenue investigators that he knew of his obligations, but didn't have the, a reason for declining to file, other than to admit getting further and further behind. He also acknowledged not filing federal returns in those years. Oopsies. Okay, so just, you know, once again, let me explain for the masses out there. We as a society function because we collect taxes, and you do need to collect taxes as much as libertarian idiots want to scream about, you never have to. Yeah, you do. You have to have a court system where people can try to get justice when someone wrongs them. You have to have a fire department. You have to have a police department. You have to have animal control. You have to have roads get that get, that get redone when they get bad. You have to you have to have you know and depending on the city garbage pickup or water service. You have to you 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 have to have clean parks, good parks. You have to have good schools. Yeah, you, you have to have these things. You have to. We all pay for them. On top of that, when it comes to federal taxes, you're paying for the safety and security. Uh, you know, with our gun culture, sure, I guess, whatever. But you're paying for the safety and security that the United States military gives you. You are relatively protected here uh, from a foreign country or foreign agent. You go to some of these other countries, some of these other third world countries, where you don't get taxed nearly that much. And these guys, the wealthy people there, have to have their own privately funded armies to keep them safe, keep them from getting killed at night. For the most part, you generally do not have that problem here in the United States. That is just part of your deal. But yet, when you talk to the insane amount of wealthy white people in this country who will tell you a woman getting an additional $50 a week for food for her and her four four kids is wasting my taxpayer dollars, even though that commitment is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a cent for them are the same people who will look at you with an earnest face and say to you, well, the guy who's not paying his taxes, he's the real hero. No, he's not. He's a criminal. He's stealing. Only his stealing is from us as a society. He expects that he gets a quality of life that he doesn't have to pay for. The rest of us do. The workers that he has have to pay for his lack of paying. The community, the other businesses in Victoria, the other people that live there. 
They all have to pay, but he doesn't. And it's $440,000 in taxes, penalties, and interest. And by the way, it doesn't, is it, is, I'm not quite sure if that is federal in there either. It sounds like they're dealing with the state taxes on this. And if he didn't file his federal taxes, that's even more money that he owes. Tell me the criminal is white without telling me the criminal is white. Ta-da! Because I guarantee you, if there was a call to a gas station in this community where a black person took more out of the take a penny, leave a penny jar than they were supposed to, that they would be on the ground in cuffs, the prosecutor would be looking to throw the book at them any way they can. I get tired of this inconsistency that someone can basically steal $440,000 and it's a, well, who doesn't like money? <laughs> like, Jesus. A full two and a half days in jail, you say. Two and a half days. Wow. Is that going to be at the Hennepin County lockup? No, it's going to be in the probably in the, the, the police jail in the office there with TV and all that stuff. Great. Great. Yeah, the system ain't broken at all, is it, folks? Not at all. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Let's give away this pair of tickets to Randy Rambo. Now, this, once again, Randy Rambo's in town on Friday. If you can make it to the show, I got one last pair of Randy Rambo tickets at the State Theater on February 23rd. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. Call in number five. You get those tickets. We'll wrap up the show when we do return. It's the Matt McNeil Show on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. Those phones went crazy. Uh, Brett, who do we have that's our winner today of the uh, Randy Rainbow tickets? Rose in Minneapolis. Rose in MPLS. Guess what? You have got yourself a pair of tickets. Go see Randy Rainbow. How cool is that? Randy Rainbow is fantastic. Enjoy that. That is on. Uh, that's on Friday night over at the State Theater. I'm not sure if their tickets still available. Pretty popular, man. I, last it was they were kind of dwindling. Go get tickets. Go see Randy Rainbow. Uh, I w- we tried to get him on the show. I wanted to get him on the show. <laughs> I wanted to get him on the show. Unfortunately, not available. But fantastic. Randy Rainbow in town, State Theater on Friday. And congratulations, Rose. You are going to enjoy that. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Is, it, it, it is not ever ending here, Brett. The absolute, yeah, the absolute snowflakeville that is these these Republicans that just cannot stand the Minnesota state flag. Uh, it's not going to go away. I got news for you. It's not going to go away. You know, you're not going to you're not going to be able to undo it. You know, because what what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to even a Republican doesn't want to be the guy that brings back the racist flag? You know, I mean, as much as they say, I'm going to go with the original, like, oh, you want with the racism towards Native Americans? Well, I mean, we can take that out. Okay, well, then you're saying you're going to change the flag, so what are we going to do again? Well, we're going to try it again. And like I said, without a doubt in my mind, 
every one of these sad, pathetic, right-wing snowflakes, if this was a Republican governor and they put this flag out, they'd be like, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I can't wait to get you know four or five of them after I figure out which Trump flags to take down and put them up in my front yard. You're sad, sad people. You're sad, sad people. And by the way, Steve, like I said, Steve Dreskowski, Dreskowski was on this. Unbelievable. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. You guys are funny. You guys are, you know, kind of sad funny, but, you know, kind of, you know, yeah, kind of funny. Uh, the... So still no no word, and I don't know if it's how legit this was. I saw that this was something that could have happened today was the potential for the Supreme Court to rule on the immunity issue for Trump. Uh, it doesn't look like that that has happened yet, though. Um, I will. It, 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 it. I would be stunned. I would be stunned if they did, and. By the way, someone did bring up a very good point because I had said, all right, well, then Joe Biden's gonna not going to do anything to stop it. Of course, I want to go back to something I said a few days ago, which is Republicans bank on the Democrats treating them better than they will treat the Democrats. So say the Supreme Court, say the Supreme Court comes down and they say, yep, no, Trump's immune. All presidents are immune from all crimes, period. Well, clearly there would be a push to immediately go and change that and pass a constitutional amendment to change it so that, you know, and the the Democrats were like, we're leading the way. And the Republicans know that. And so that's their get out of free card for Trump is that they'll say that, well, Trump was, you know, he was immune, that you couldn't hold him accountable. I mean, it would it would torpedo any investigation into to Biden right now because they, you know, they. I mean, how are you going to hold him accountable if you can't hold him accountable? But they know that the Democrats will run out and say, "We are going to fix this." Now, I, I would make an argument. Maybe not so fast. <laughs> maybe maybe not so fast. Maybe what you do is you say it's going to be fixed uh, in uh, say twenty 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 nine. And uh, let Joe Biden, like I said, go out there and take the Trans Am for a drive <laughs> wherever he wants to go. He's going to go out there and he's going to walk into any Cold Stone Creamery and just take an ice cream cone and walk out and say, mine, because that's, that's Joe Biden. What you going to do about it? Maybe he will. But I, I, I think that that might be a way. I would hope not. I think I don't think this is that hard. I don't I have no doubt that Alito, five star Alito, and RV Thomas will will all vote to say, yeah, yeah, the presidents are always immune. But I, I've got faith that at least those are the only two clown cars that are going to say that. That the rest of them are going to say, yeah, no, you 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 have to follow the law. I, at least I would hope that that would be the bare minimum stance. Uh, we'll find out. Uh, Native Roots Radio is up next. Have a good one. We're back tomorrow. Till then, see ya.